When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Unsportsmanlike Podcast on ESPN Radio. Okay, welcome to the show. It is Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. You can watch us on ESPN2, listen to us on all of our great ESPN stations across the country. Sirius XM80 ESPN app and be a part of the Unsportsmanlike Nation. Dr. Pepper, call in line. At 888-SAY-ESPN, that's 888-729-3776. ESPN Nation presented by Dr. Pepper. It's not college football season without delicious taste of Dr. Pepper, the ones fans deserve. I see you both have money out already. <laughs> yeah, I, I got to go ahead and put some money in the bad take jar. Last, jar. last, last night was not uh, a night where I covered myself in glory. Of course, we always do the can here, canty with the prop bet stuff. And Jerry, our producer on the TV side, decided that he was going to you know, put a little coin down for the game and, and, and put, a little, put a little skin in the game and, and actually play the canny or canny prop bets as a parlay. And, oh, all uh, of it, them? It, it failed miserably. The only one I hit <laughs> was Kadarius Tony under receiving yards. Everything else was a miss. And so, Jerry, I apologize, my man. That's a my bad. And I'm going to put a dollar in the bad take jar. Okay, so for those who are listening on the radio side of it, we do have a mason jar here where there is money already in there. I have prepaid five dollars. I only had a five the other day off of two bad takes, so I have three in the bank. You just paid your first one, but those were multiple takes. Oh, hold on, wait a minute. Now. I'm, no, I'm asking. Was, I'm not telling. One, it was one segment. It was can he or can't he? The <laughs> prop bets for the game. Right. Yeah. I think, by the way, so, all so, of us so would have, have paid to, to not watch that so, game last yeah, night. That was thousand, so boring. Thousand, thousand, so boring. Fact, you know what made me mad about that 19 last night? 19-8 Chiefs, by the you, way. You, know, you know what made me mad about it last night? I had to stay up to watch it. Because in the third quarter, even though it was 16 nothing, it's still technically just a two-possession game. Right. So yeah. I'm sitting there watching and like, well, I got to stay up. And my wife is looking at me and she's like, Baby, why are you staying up? You know what's going to happen. The Chiefs are not losing to the Denver Broncos. It was the fourth quarter, and Russell Wilson had 57 yards passing before that touchdown drive. It wasn't as if the game was in doubt, but I guess for our jobs, I wanted to stay up just to make sure that the body was cold, and 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 that's that's ultimately what ended up happening. Like the, the Chiefs ended up winning the game, even though it was an ugly fashion. They checked the box. But I'm mad I stayed up because it cut into my time that I could have been sleeping. I'm just saying. And you could have been watching Phillies Braves. Oh, that's true, too. Which nah, true too. I'm good on that. I'm, I don't need to see Pat Costello, our <laughs> producer, celebrate like that. I don't need that. 104-win Brave team going down. 13 of the 19 runs scored by the Phillies in this series on homers. Yeah, I mean, They out-homered them 11-3. to three. Yeah, as, yeah, as John Bugshambi does play-by-play for ESPN Radio, is on the call, get the ball over the wall in the postseason is what, what Boog says, and he's right about that. But you have a dollar two, Smalls? I have a dollar two. Bad take by me. Uh-oh. I said the Braves were dominant and that they were going to win the World Series. I so, mean, that, that's essentially the kiss bad. of death, Smalls. You gave them the kiss of death. That's that greeny KOD. Yeah, we, yeah. Have, we have the jar, bad takes. You put in a dollar for every bad take that you have on this show. And at the end, we use it. Not at the end. I guess after a certain amount of money, I guess we'll count it up. Yeah. We're going to go to a nice dinner. 
There the, we go. The three of us. Nice sit down dinner. And yeah. Canty has made sure he has said the three of us, meaning Pat, there you go. Nuno, Jerry, Javante. We'll, they, t- we'll if, tell you about if, it the if, next if, day. If, if they're willing to make their way down to New York City, we might. We might. might, we might, could rope them in on yeah. our field trip. They can might, give us a ride. Might could, yeah. Might could, might could, might could. If we got room in Uber, might could. All right, nineteen eight last night. Kansas City beat Denver, as we mentioned. Taylor Swift was at the game. Taylor Swift, Brittany Mahomes, front page, ESPN.com. And uh, Russ was wearing a wristband for the first time with all the plays in there. And yeah, it was an ugly game. Thirty to uh, thirty of forty for Mahomes. Three hundred six yards, a touchdown, an interception. Travis Kelsey had nine catches, under 24 yards, most of them early on in the game. He is always seemingly open. The offense for Kansas City, not very impressive, not great in that red zone. Their defense was great. But the storyline becomes what's going on with the Broncos here. I am not going to, as somebody that has defended Russell Wilson and tried to hype him up and tried to see if there's a second wave of this Russell Wilson career, I'm not going to sit here and defend him today. There is no defense for him. I'm not saying there's not a conversation there. Of course is, but you will not hear me defending Russell Wilson today. I can't. He stunk last night. 13 of 22, 95 yards, touchdown and two interceptions. But can I put an and in here, guys? Yes. Can I put an and? Sean Payton is not very impressive in addition. No. Russell Wilson, I'm not fighting you guys on that today. I'm going to preface it. He's bad. He stinks. I wasn't overly impressed with Sean Payton and his game plan doing anything creative because I thought, CC he was a creative head coach. I thought so, too. And and I'm and here's the thing. Beyond just the creativity, you just want the overall game management to be right. The fact that he took a timeout uh, right before fourth down and then decided he was going to punt it away and given time to the Kansas City Chiefs to set up a drive for points, that's just inexcusable. Those are things that can't happen, Ev. It just doesn't make any sense. So you get stopped. Third and five, Chris Jones breaks through, he gets the sack, and then you decide that you're going to take a timeout and save time for the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, at this point, there's less than 30 seconds left in the game. What are you doing, Sean? Yeah, end of the first half, 10 nothing. So this made it 13 nothing at this point because Kansas City got the ball back Such to a point that literally I came in behind the scenes here this morning and I said to CeCe, like – was it Denver's timeout or Kansas City's timeout? Because they said in the broadcast, Denver, and I was no, like, there's Denver, no way. It's Denver's timeout. It was Denver's timeout. It's Denver's timeout. That's an inexcusable coaching gaffe. And so Sean has got to catch the smoke for that. But that doesn't that doesn't supersede what we saw from Russell Wilson. Last night was all-time bad. I mean, the mistakes, the turnovers, that's all on Russ. That's not on anybody else. The first turnover, he had a clean pocket. and threw it to the receiver. Nick Bolton undercut the route, and that ends up being an interception. That's a ball that Russell Wilson can't throw. He's got plenty of time. He's not under the rest. The offensive line is doing their job. He tried to force the football in there, and it didn't work out. The second interception that he had off the tip, listen, the quarterback has got to see the free runner, and you've got to find a way to be able to work that ball around, or you eat it. Or you try to scramble. We've seen Russell Wilson do that in the past. He he hasn't necessarily done that a lot this year, although he did use his legs more in the second half. But that's a play that you, you've got to avoid. You can't have those types of turnovers when your offense is struggling against a really good Kansas City Chiefs defense. So Russell Wilson, for a guy that's making what he's making, has absolutely got to play better. And the head coach, Sean Payton, said as much after the game. Absolutely. It's the first game in his career that he finished with fewer than 150 yards passing. He had two interceptions, four passes batted down. It was not good for Russ. But I'm with you, Evan. Sean Payton deserves a lot of the blame here, especially when in the offseason, he was so vocal about the mess that Nathaniel Hackett left the team in. He was saying it was not Russ's fault. I can't believe, essentially, what Nathaniel Hackett did last year. He said it was one of the worst coaching jobs in NFL history. Well, if we are to believe you, Sean, then how are we supposed to evaluate what we're seeing from you this year? Well, 
He's been terrible. They've been terrible. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But You're going to come back and say that. The reason I... And we have that same metric that has to be held to The reason I paused you. on that is I'm thinking about something. What What do you do if you're a head coach and you and you think or you know a player is not your guy? Do you try to make him into your guy or do you try to expose that he's not your guy? Ooh, so you're saying that Sean Payton could be calling the code red on Russell Wilson? I'm not saying it that way necessarily. I'm saying did, did he make up a day one of training camp? That ain't for me. And but, now I'm going to show my bosses why that ain't for me. Or is it that ain't for me? And I'm going to now turn this guy around, break him down to build him back up, and he's going to be for me. I'm not suggesting they're tanking or anything like that with Russell Wilson. Well, oh, oh, wait a minute. I am. I'm <laughs> suggesting they're tanking. I mean, listen, they shipped off Randy Gregory last week. They're going to get rid of Frank Clark this week. Jerry Judy is not far out of the door. You saw what happened with him last night. Not really a participant in the festivities. So I, I would say that— Well, he was if the festivities were arguing with your former teammate Steve Smith in the sidelines. Exactly. Oh, yeah. man, and we're going to get to that, too. But my point is this. that He's doing more of that than he is playing football, right. and that's a problem. So I think Sean is stripping this thing down before our eyes, and if Russell Wilson happens to be the fallout and his career mortality as a starter in this league is in jeopardy because of it, then so be it. But it's not as if it's a situation where we didn't all think that it would be a clunky fit when it came to Sean Payton's coaching style and what his offense is versus how Russell Wilson has had success in the past. Sean is very much so a coach that wants his passing game in rhythm, everything out on time, quarterback hits your back foot, get the ball out of your hands in 2.5 seconds or less. He turned Drew Brees into a Hall of Famer being able to do that. Drew Brees was a reclamation project when he got to New Orleans, and now he's going to be wearing a gold jacket. Sean Payton deserves a lot of credit for being able to resurrect that man's career in that fashion. When looking at Russell Wilson and how he had success, the second reaction plays, using his legs to extend the down, doing everything outside of the structure of the offense, Stevie Wonder could see that this was not going to be a match made in heaven. And I think it's played itself out over the six, first six games quicker than anybody anticipated, which is why everybody is having this knee-jerk reaction. Now we're at the point in the season where we're going to start playing the blame game. Who's more at fault, Sean Payton or Russell Wilson? You just led with the mission statement for a lot of people that have been defending Russ. Yeah, Russell Wilson was bad, but Sean Payton deserves some smoke. I'm not disagreeing with yeah. you. And I can't you're, deny the Russell Wilson you're, part. You're absolutely right. But the headline has got to be Russell Wilson. How much longer is he going to be the starter in Denver? Because we know Sean Payton is going to continue to be the head coach. Well, my question is, if Russ wasn't his guy... Why would he take this job if he wasn't? If he Monday, didn't, Monday, eighteen million dollars a year. Monday, I understand Monday. that, but he has a he Ted had DiBiase a very theme. he had a very comfortable job sitting on set talking about football. He could have come back at any time for an opportunity and a quarterback that he thought was more palatable for him or a better fit for him. He, I mean, there was not going to not be an opportunity for Sean Payton if and when he wanted to come back. You know, Frank Wright comes out and makes these statements about essentially Bryce Young, and we're reading the tea leaves saying. Okay, he's saying that ownership wanted this guy and not him. Well, if I'm reading into what Sean Payton said in the offseason, he said Russell Wilson still has stuff left in the tank. He did not in any way say, I think that this guy is done. So I don't know if this wasn't his guy, why he would want to take this job outside of the money. I think it's an interesting question. Who gets the headline? Who's the headline today? Is it Russ or is it Sean Payton? 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776 in the Dr. Pepper call-in line. It's a very interesting question because if your answer is Peyton like mine is, it's out of the acknowledgement Russ is no longer a headline. It's, a, and it's, a, it's established. He ain't the guy that he used to be, and I have to own that. Okay. Last night was ugly. That doesn't mean he can't be a guy, 
No, you want me to put money in the jar? Yeah, didn't you say Russell Wilson was going to have a bounce back season, be in the MVP Ooh, that conversation? Did, that, that I prepaid. That did I happen. prepaid. So I don't you know, wanna, you might need like a lunchbox or something. He did for that one. He so did how much prepaid. do I owe? No, it's just a dollar. So then, okay, so fine. So then now I, I'm two bucks ahead now. I have two bad takes in the back pocket ready okay, to go got today. It, got okay. it, got okay. it, before it. I have to go into the wallet. Okay, I'm but who is? But it's an interesting question. Who is the headline today? Is it Russ? Or is it Peyton? 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776 as part of the Dr. Pepper call-in line. Ironically, it is not the Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs who have a whole hum victory with Taylor Swift in attendance and just win a game. They don't play that well, but whatever. They still continue to win. Coming up, we'll get your phone calls in and Russ and Peyton. Plus, Lamar or Josh Allen, which QB can ill afford a struggle this weekend against their opposition? We'll get to that next on Sportsmanlike ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. The game last night, kind of a blah game. It really tested the, the pizza theory. <laughs> it as, did. As does it this did. weekend it, with some of the matchups. The pizza theory is there's no such thing as bad pizza. There's no such thing as bad football. Maybe there's no such thing as bad other things no, in that was, life. No, that, that was ugly football last that night. Was that was bad pizza? Sloppy. I mean, the execution, short yardage, red zone, both teams were terrible. Both teams had turnovers, multiple turnovers when you consider the field goal botched by the Kansas City Chiefs. What the hell was that by that Andy a, That Reed? was a tush that push a on tush a fake push, field goal. Yeah, and, and they didn't come close. And they didn't use they didn't, the extra body because the kicker was still standing back and they didn't use him to push. They didn't get close. It was yeah. ridiculous. It was awful. <laughs> so, yeah, it was really, really bad football. Like, How often would you see the Kansas City Chiefs on their first three red zone trips only come up with three points? It's That's rare. it. Only three points. That That is wild to me. But – that's what makes what happened with Denver in their offense that much worse last night. Because your defense actually played well. Your defense held the Chiefs to under 20 points. If you were to go into that game and say, hey, guys, we're going to hold Pat Mahomes to under 20 points. A lot of the Broncos players on the offensive side of the ball said, yeah, we got a chance to be able to win that game. And they didn't have a chance. It wasn't close. And that's the part that's got to be so alarming for an organization, for an ownership group that invested so much in the head coach and the quarterback. Between the two, three first-round picks plus. Between the two, you're talking about $60 million, $65 million in salary. And that's what you come up with? That's what you got? 
888-SAY-ESPN, Dr. Pepper calling line. The headline from last night, is it Sean Payton or Russell Wilson? Daniel in New Orleans listening on 100.3 FM in New Orleans. What's up, Daniel? Hey, how's it going? Good morning, everyone. Look, I just wanted to bring up a point that I think some people are overlooking, and it was back when Drew Brees uh, was out at quarterback, and there was a lot of talks about Sean Payton linking up with Russell Wilson and acquiring him from Seattle. I think this is something that Sean Payton and Russell Wilson have been trying to do. They've been trying to get together for years. And Sean Payton came out of retirement to go coach his boy, and it's not working out. That, that's, that's the way I see it. That's the way I remember it. Yeah, I, I don't remember it that way. That's interesting. It's funny because when you were calling from New Orleans and you are talking about when Drew Brees was out, my first thought process went to the amount of wins that he actually accumulated without Drew Brees. Five and one with Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy B, right? yeah. Taysom Hill, whoever else was yeah. in the mix there, mm-hmm. that I thought that's where we were going with that. I, I This is not one of these long-standing, like they had been flirting for a while and they're finally together kind of things. This feels like they don't want each other. No, I think what he's referring to is Russell Wilson, and, and Russ didn't say it directly, but it was leaked out that there were four, three or four teams that he was willing to go to. The mm-hmm. Dallas Cowboys was on that list. The Raiders was on that list. The, Giants, the New Orleans right? Saints was on that list. And I think it might have been I the, thought the New Giants, Giants on yeah. that list. Because too. of market. Yeah, exactly. So I think those were the teams that were leaked out there that Russ would you know, agree to a trade to, but nobody ever linked Sean Payton to wanting to coach Russell Wilson. And I guess that's the part that seems a little bit odd in this situation just because stylistically they don't fit together. Can you imagine if he would have ended up in Dallas? You said the Cowboys was on that list. If we're giving him heat now, can you imagine (laughs) the heat he would have been taking if he had the star on his helmet? He would have had a better coach maybe. Oh, oh, I said wow. it. Oh, I wow. said it. I'm not touching oh. that one. Oh, I said it. You know, this weekend, I mentioned, really is going to test the pizza theory. No such thing as, as bad football. No th- such thing as bad pizza. The, but there's some interesting, juicy storylines with two quarterbacks. When you look at Lamar Jackson and you look at Josh Allen, and you then project the what if they lose Lamar Jackson and the Ravens are in London. They are facing the Titans. The Titans are two and three. Through six games, if they're three and three, the Buffalo Bills are are playing the Giants on Sunday Night Football. If they lose to the Giants and then they have losses to the Giants and the Jets this year, mm-hmm. and they're three and three, both guys came into this season as legit MVP candidates. Why wouldn't they? But both of them have a chance to be five hundred after this weekend, which leads you to be more concerned about which guy right now. I would say Lamar Jackson. I, I, I mean, the Buffalo Bills, I'm concerned about them surviving the war of attrition, but in the particular matchup in week six, it's got to be the Baltimore Ravens and Lamar. Like, the, the Tennessee Titans are a frisky bunch. That's a team that's well-coached. They find a way to play above the sum of their talent, and, and it's a situation where if you're going out to London because of how the week is structured, because of the travel, because of the newness when it comes to environment, I, I think that's a spot where Baltimore has got to really be careful because really when you look at the Ravens, there's no reason why they shouldn't win the AFC North. Mm-hmm. Your quarterback is healthy. You got a top five defense. You've put weapons around Lamar, although they didn't feel like weapons against the Steelers because they kept dropping passes. But the biggest thing for Baltimore has just been giving games away in 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 I guess inexplicable fashion. I mean, the turnovers from Lamar are a big part of that. People don't want to acknowledge that. And I had this debate with Dan Orlovsky yesterday on first take, but I stand by my position. Lamar has got to be better when it comes to protecting the football. 
This guy's got eight total touchdowns, but he's got eight turnovers. The most important stat beyond the points on the scoreboard is the actual turnovers. Like when you turn the football over, you're taking away a chance for your team to possess the ball, your team to be able to run clock, for your team to be able to score points, and you're gifting it to the opposing team. And the fact that Lamar gave a game to a division rival after we've seen a division rival in Pittsburgh beat the Cincinnati, uh, beat the Cleveland Browns because they gave him the game. It just it's one of those things that worries me about them going into this Tennessee Titans matchup. I'm more concerned about Josh Allen and the Bills. You talked about the Ravens being able to, or they should, run away with the AFC North. You can't mm-hmm. really say that about the Bills in their division. Dolphins are right there. What if Zach Wilson and the Jets are starting to click into place? And it just seems like a more combustible situation in Buffalo. Maybe it's because of the Josh Allen's Stephon Diggs history. But I just think that they have a finite amount of time to win and to get it done. And if they lose this week, I could see it going down a slippery slope. So this is a point that I made before. Before the season, that I'm going to reiterate now. At what point, fair or not, does Sean McDermott, head coach of the Bills, become the guy that rightfully could be let go in Buffalo and rightfully could be hired by another team the next day? And what I mean by that, there are some coaches that you look at and say they deserve to be NFL head coaches. They clearly are good enough. They've had enough success to be an NFL head coach. There's no justification for them not to be. Mike McCarthy is a good example. CC doesn't love him, obviously, as much as I do. <laughs> Mike McCarthy had enough of a tenure in Green Bay where someone else wanting him made sense, okay? And he gets hired by the Dallas Cowboys. Pretty damn big job. Sean McDermott, if they don't get to the at least the AFC championship game, has had this pretty much stacked roster now for a while. And if they don't live up to the expectations, he has to be a guy that we talk about potentially on the hot seat. Not because he's not a good coach, but maybe because he's not the one to get them over the hump. Yeah, but he's got a built-in excuse now with Daquan Jones being hurt now for the season, Matt Milano being out for the season, Trey White being out for the season. I don't know that their defense is going to be able to survive the war of attrition. And that's been a top-flight defense, and that's been Sean McDermott's specialty when it comes to his football acumen. This is a guy that made his chops as a defensive coach and defensive coordinator. So if the team doesn't realize the expectations that they had coming into the season, I think that's what people will point to more so than anything going on with Josh Allen and him not being able to use his talent to get them to the championship round. So I think Sean has a built-in excuse and why he'll survive, even if this team you know, falls short of the ultimate goal. With, with the Baltimore Ravens, I, I don't think anybody's job is in jeopardy, but how we view them moving forward potentially could be. Because this is a year where the distractions are put to the side. They paid Lamar Jackson his money. The contract is put to bed. Now it's about being able to win. They went out and they got you a bunch of weapons on the offensive side of the ball. They got you Zay Flowers. They got you Odell Beckham Jr., uh, You know Nelson Aguilar. They, nope. they hope that Rashad Bateman comes back healthy. We'll see what happens with him as he continues to traverse through the season. But they put pieces around Lamar for them to have success. Not saying that Baltimore is not dealing with injuries on that side of the ball. It's not perfect. But that's why you're paying Lamar Jackson $250 million. It's not going to be perfect. He's going to have to overcome something. And so far, he hasn't off to a great start being able to do that. I also keep thinking about the fact that the AFC was supposed to be this murderer's row this year, and it hasn't necessarily shaken out that way. With Aaron Rodgers going down with the Jets, they're not really a factor. The Bengals aren't who we expected them to be. The Browns have been inconsistent. Um, Even the Chiefs don't look as dominant as they once did. You know, the fact that this Broncos defense was able to hold them to under 20 points, I think, is a a bigger point of conversation today. But if you're the Bills or the Ravens, I think you have a very unique opportunity this year to really make a run for it. So I think the pressure's on for both of these guys. Yeah, but they're not making a run for it. That's the interesting 
interesting part of this. Like the Dolphins, despite their loss to the Bills, feel like they're making a run for it way more than the Bills are Mm -hmm. making a run for it right now. All right, coming up, Pats or Raiders? Which team in better shape for the future? We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. 170! This is Four Downs. First down. It is time for four downs. Here on Unsportsmanlike, Michelle Smallman asks Chris Canty and I, Evan Cohen, questions. We give you the answers, and four downs is brought to you by Geico. Whether you rent or own, Geico makes it easy to bundle home and car insurance. Go to geico.com today. Smalls, go ahead. For each down today, boys, I'm going to give you two teams, and you're going to determine which team is in better shape for the future. All right, first down, the Cardinals or the Rams? For me, it's the Arizona Cardinals. I mean, this is a team that has six draft picks in the first three rounds in 2024, including two first-rounders. They're projected to have top ten cap space. And then, if you consider the Kyler Murray contract and then move it off of that, that's going to give them more draft picks and cap space. The biggest question for Arizona that they want to answer is, do you have a coach that can be the difference in a lot of games and getting you on the winning side once you have talent? Well, the Arizona Cardinals have been in essentially every game. Every fourth quarter of the games that they've played, they've had a one-possession game at some point. So, for me, if you're competitive – and your coach can put together a game plan that will go out there and allow you to have a path to victory, that's the, that's a huge thing in the NFL. That's the biggest question they have to answer. It's the Cardinals for me, no question. I think everything CC said is 100% true, yet I'm still picking the Rams, and oh. here's why. Organizational trust. This Rams organization has proven that you can trust them. Sorry, Smalls. You may not be able to trust them leaving St. Louis to go to L.A., but since they've been in L.A., Les Snead and Sean McVay have done an excellent job. They have built a Super Bowl team. They lost. They built two, excuse me, two Super Bowl teams. teams, One they lost, one they won. And now they're way ahead of of where we thought they'd be this year. Even with a losing record, they were very competitive last week against Philadelphia. I have more trust in the Rams organization than I do the Cardinals. Now, the counter is, who's their quarterback in two or three years? Cardinals have a path to get that guy. As CeCe said, Rams don't seem to have that. Based on Stafford, it's probably going to finish up, and then who knows what happens. Everything CC said is right. I cannot counter any of it. 
But I still am going to trust the Rams organization long term. Real quick, do you feel the same way if Sean McVay is not there? Because no, he has, I don't. He has dangled I? that maybe yeah. I'll retire and look forward to my future line But if a he didn't retire times. after last year, don't you feel like now he's in it for the long haul? I don't know if he's... I don't think he's in it for the long haul. I don't okay. think well, he is either. Cardinals yeah. it is. Okay. <laughs> Second down. Which team is in better shape for the future? The Vikings or the Bears? I don't trust either team. <laughs> I don't trust either franchise. Like, But I'll say this. All things being equal, give me them picks. I'll take the picks. I, I Give me the team that's going to have the picks. The Chicago Bears not only have their pick, they'll have the Carolina Panthers pick, which is trending toward being number one overall. The Bears will probably be slotted in somewhere in there in the top ten. So with a quarterback rich class, you mean to tell me that I'm going to have two top ten picks and one of them potentially be first overall, meaning I could get Caleb Williams or Drake May somebody Yes, give me that situation. I'll get the quarterback figured out. Then I'll get the I'll get the head coach figured out this offseason because it won't be Matt Eberflus, and we'll reset the franchise, and I think that'll put them on solid footing. They'll trade Justin Fields away, and just thinking about the prospects of the quarterbacks in this class, you could end up having the best quarterback in the NFC North. So that would be a good place to be if you're the Chicago Bears. I agree on the Chicago Bears. I want to just point out, in the calmest of ways, you had like seven great hot takes in there. You fired a coach and traded a starting quarterback. <laughs> as calmly as anyone has ever fired a coach and traded a quarterback. Now they're going to get rid of Weber Flus, and then they're going to get rid of Justin Fields, and they'll have Caleb Williams. who will be the best quarterback. If they have the number one over pick, they're not keeping Justin Fields. I, I, I know. But what and they're you, getting a new coach. And they're, they're getting over. a new coach but who's CC, going to Think pick about the what you just said. I mean, all three of them are strong, and you just said it in such a calm way of like, hey, it's, it, and you're right, it is a given. But I'm gonna, I agree with you on the Bears. I'm going to go one step further. The way Caleb Williams is playing at USC, people have compared him to one guy and one guy only, and that's the single best quarterback in the NFL and Pat Mahomes. So if he looks like that, forget best quarterback in the NFC North. He's the best quarterback in the NFC. If I'm the Chicago Bears, I want USC to bench Caleb Williams right now because I don't want him to get hurt. Shut him down? Shut him down. Protect I don't want him to get hurt. Okay, here's what you got to do. ESPN 1000 in Chicago. Create an NIL fund to bench Caleb Williams. Create as much money as possible to get him to just shut it down and put on a Bears uniform. Caleb Williams is such a singular talent. I just hope the Chicago Bears don't ruin him because they haven't had a great track record of putting in a new quarterback and building a team around him. That's all I'm saying. Fair. Third down. Patriots or Raiders? Which team is in better shape for the future? Ooh. <laughs> this is a low bar to clear, Smalls. This is, this is a low bar to clear. I'm going to go with the Patriots. Okay. And it had something to do with why Ev chose the Rams over the Cardinals. Organizational trust. This mm-hmm. is a functional franchise. They've been able to have sustained excellence for across two decades. I, I got to believe that the infrastructure will be there for them to figure it out, for them to bounce back. After Bill Belichick steps away from this team, which I'm anticipating happens at the end of the season, they'll probably turn it over to Jamar, Gerard Mayo, former player and a disciple of Bill Belichick. Steve Belichick will stay on on their staff in some capacity. But I think this team will get on solid footing. This franchise will get on solid footing just because they know what winning football looks like. Can't argue, but I have to be fair as a Pats fan. I would agree New England organizational trust whole thing. But it doesn't look good. Like, there's no there's no evidence of why they're going to be great in the future. The Cardinals, while I picked the Rams, and by the way, all these teams match up this weekend, hence why we're pairing them against yes. each other. There's evidence as to why the Cardinals have a path. There's evidence as to why the Bears have a path. There is no evidence currently as to why the Patriots have a path, because I truly believe Belichick will turn this around, not turn it around to make the playoffs, but turn it around to fall out of the top five of the draft. Well, here's what I'll say about the Patriots. You're talking about them you know, not having anything tangible. They do have something, an identity. 
and it's on the defensive side of the ball. Like, I mean, presuming that Matt Judon and Christian Gonzalez come back healthy, that's something that you can hang your hat on, and that ultimately is going to help you when you're trying to develop a young quarterback because I don't think Mac Jones is going to be the starter for much longer in, in Foxborough. That not a bold statement. The yeah. other ones, yes. That one is obvious. At this, I hate to say it, but man, oh man, he stinks. Also, Belichick <laughs> disciples historically have not been great head coaches. So, in the pros. In the pros. I'm going to keep fighting that. In the pros. But, I'm just saying, nobody wants also, to acknowledge the disciples in college, but go ahead. But we also, I know that you're pro-Belichick. We yeah. get it. I'm saying specifically for Gerard Mayo, yeah, exactly, Belichick. Exactly. We're not convinced that they're going to Fair. be the guys. Fair. We also haven't seen Robert Kraft have to resurrect a regime in two decades. So we, we give him so much credit, but it's been stable because of the people he hired two decades ago. How do we know that any of this is going to work but out? But Robert Kraft, correct me if I'm wrong, has hired two NFL head coaches, Pete Carroll and Bill Belichick. Pretty damn good. Yeah. Pretty good resume. So I, I trust that Gerard Mayo could be good if he's hiring them. <laughs> Fourth down. Last one, Cowboys or Chargers? Which one is in better shape for the future? I can't believe I'm saying this, but the Cowboys. <laughs> what? Really? The Cowboys. Yeah, wow. I'm, I'm saying it because, again, the Cowboys have an identity that I feel like can lead to success, and it's on the defensive side of the ball. And, you know, separate and apart from what they choose to do with Dak Prescott, I think that's going to be something that they can hang their hat on for years to come. They locked up Trey Diggs, even though he got hurt. He was going to come back healthy. Mecca Parsons is going to get a long-term deal. They have the pieces on the defensive side of the ball to be a dominant, dominant unit for the foreseeable future. That's always going to give them a chance, so I'm going Dallas. Okay, I can't believe you went there. I thought of all these teams, the easiest one to predict for the future, the one that you trust the most, would be the Chargers because they're the ones that have the young quarterback. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh, I'm getting a look. The young quarterback that's probably going to be on his third head coach in five seasons? That yes. guy? Yeah. That guy? Yeah. <laughs> Him? That organization? Okay. okay, so then let's take a step back. Let's say I'm dead wrong about this. At what point does the narrative change around Justin Herbert from the guy that's going to be great one day to the guy that's had four or five years and hasn't been as great as we thought he was going to be? Oh, I think the worm is going to start to turn this year. Yeah, we're on the precipice. It, it, yeah, yeah it is, it, it's happening right now. Like if, if Justin Herbert and the Chargers can't get to where they want to go with so much parity in the conference— then and ultimately we're going to be out of excuses. At this point, you have the requisite talent that it takes to, in order to win. I get it. Mike Williams got hurt. He's going to be out. But you still got plenty of weapons on that offensive side of the ball. They used a first-round draft pick on Quinton Johnston, a wide receiver. Yet another weapon for you. You got Austin Eckler, who coming into this season has led the NFL in touchdowns over the last two years. You, you have an offensive line that came back healthy. You have your left tackle in Rashad Slater. What's the excuse as to why you can't win? I think that ultimately becomes a question. Folks are going to focus on Brandon Staley, mm-hmm. and, and rightfully so. Some of the coaching decisions are are hard to get past, but we also got to look at the quarterback in this one, too, Smalls. Mm-hmm. So, question. Let's say I take out the Chiefs for a second, and I said we play this game, the, the future, right, next five, six, seven years. Is there one team that we look at across the NFL that is above all? The team that we look at and say next five, six, seven years is actually best set up for a run over the next five, That's six, seven years. That's an eternity in football. Okay, yeah. so let's go three, That's let's go three, four, five then instead. Yeah, yeah. I, I, like, am I wrong to think that the Texans could be on a really good track here? What about so, the Dolphins? 
We're always nervous so, about two. So hold on, are we are we getting rid of the the teams that are at the top, like the 49ers and the Eagles? Yeah, teams I think that we got to get rid now? of them. Like we're I think, rid of I them? think so, right? Because we're talking about the future. Yeah, because the future is bright for the next three years, yeah. three, three or four years. Those two teams are going to be there. Yeah, they're going to be there. So they're think g- about this. We'll hold it. So the team that then enters into that conversation, we're talking about all the future teams. Is there a yeah. team that you guys could look at that maybe enters into the conversation? Oh yeah, oh yeah, with San Francisco and Philadelphia. There's a team entering the chat very soon, but not this. Year, but soon. very soon. Okay, yes. we'll do that coming up. Plus, there's going to be a lot of kissing going on on Philly in Philly on Sunday afternoon. Yeah, I said it right. It's on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small, and when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest, and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. This is the Unsportsmanlike Podcast on ESPN Radio. Tush push season in full effect right now. <laughs> I mean, that's what it is. Everybody, Eagles, Jets, everybody's talking about what happens next with the tush push. By the way, we threw out Don't there, we have to call it the brotherly shove, though? I guess we're talking about them. But, like, last night in the Chiefs' win against the Broncos, 19-8, they tried a version of it on a fake field goal. Yeah. That was work. a tush push. Yeah. So if we're going to apply that logic just to Philadelphia, that name to Philadelphia, every other team is a tush push. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. We can do that. Yeah, that's fine. Mm. Um, I threw out there, best team next three to five years to enter the chat in the NFL, along with Philly, along with San Fran, along with Kansas City. Is there a team that we're looking at and we're saying, okay, they may not be great this year, but they're kind of ready for the future next three to five years? The Jacksonville Jaguars, man. You got to go with them. Just because they have a coach that's won a Super Bowl already and they got a quarterback that's viewed as a generational talent in Trevor Lawrence. I get that the offense hasn't necessarily looked the way that we wanted it to look, but Calvin Ridley is an outstanding receiver. They finally got him a number one. Evan Ingram is still balling from uh, what he showed us last year. The offensive line is solid. Defensively, you want to see some more playmaking, some more pressure players, although Josh Allen, the other Josh Allen, is second in the NFL in sacks going into week six. I like this Jacksonville Jaguars team. I think they're on the ascend. So I think they're the team to watch out for. And if they play this right, they can they can they can dominate the AFC South, and if you have a clear path to winning your division every year, 
then that gives you an opportunity, that gives you a window to compete for championships. Yeah, I think the Jaguars are an amazing pick because you need the head coach and you need the quarterback, and you seemingly have both in Jacksonville. And I don't know if for this exercise the Miami Dolphins actually fit the bill because they're in the conversation right now. They, you could put them in the conversation to win a Super Bowl. But I think as long as Tua stays healthy, Mike McDaniel and Tua have such a special connection. He knows how to build a high-powered offense. They are putting all the right pieces out on the field. I could absolutely see the Miami Dolphins being a force for the next three to five Smalls, years. you know what? You, you brought up something because I, I don't know that we let me not say ever because that that's that's an extreme but it's been a long time since we've needed to see a player play all 17 games that's the only thing that's holding us back from having conviction about the Miami Dolphins mm-hmm. as a title contender that's the only thing that's holding us back from saying that that's a team that can be eye to eye with the Kansas City Chiefs they have the requisite talent they got the pieces it's just a matter of can the quarterback stay healthy if he can then it feels like those two teams, the Chiefs and the Dolphins, could be on a collision course for the AFC Championship this year and for the foreseeable future. Yeah, I would just add to this conversation maybe the entirety of the AFC South, besides maybe the Titans, but I believe in Mike Vrabel if he's going to be there long term. The Jaguars have Trevor Lawrence, the Colts have Anthony Richardson, and the Texans have C.J. Stroud. Three young quarterbacks, all top five picks in the draft, all poised for the future. We talk about these great divisions Maybe that's three, two, three years, the next great division in the NFL. It hasn't been for a while, that's for sure. Maybe it's next up. All right, so it is Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio. Along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. The Eagles and the Jets play this weekend, and there's been conversations back and forth in the, um, amongst the players and coaches that have us silly folks that never played football at the highest of levels, like Chris Canty, laughing because they're referencing <laughs> something that is actually a football term that we didn't realize was a football term. What do I mean? Robert Sala, Jets head coach, how do you defend the tush push? That front five they have is man-on-man, will versus will, and it's just a scrum. And then the quarterback, like I said, he's so powerful. Just uh, whether they get it or not, like I said, we got to kiss him 11 times. we got to kiss him 11 times. That makes Smalls and I laugh. Fletcher Cox, defensive tackle, Eagles. How do you stop Brees Hall? Brees Hall in particular, I mean, he's pretty explosive back. Um, what's, the, what's the key? Uh, making sure that he stays contained. You got to go kiss him 11 times. Put 11 helmets on Kiss him 11 times. We hear that. We're like, what is going on? What does that mean? That means knock the hell out of him. Oh. That, that's what that means. I mean, think about it. You're wearing a helmet. Think about where your lips are at. And then think about putting that area of your face on the other guy. That's what it is. That's what it means. Like, helmet to helmet, go kiss him, go hit him in the mouth. That's all it means. Kissing is just another way of saying, go hit him right in the mouth. With so, your helmet. Does so it the, sound like an enjoyable kiss? No, it's not <laughs> It's not an enjoyable experience for anybody. But the whole mantra is, as long as I hurt you more, then I'm okay with that. So these, I'm okay hurting myself as long as I hurt you more. But see, see, see these big, It's going to be that kind of game, Smalls. Ooh, it's going it. to be that kind of game. I, I love it. These big, strong football guys that all have manly ways about them. They use the most sensual of terms to describe going and tackling someone. And ultimately, the goal at the end is to wear jewelry. It's We need to kiss enough. I don't know why he to... makes me uncomfortable. He always puts me in this position <laughs> I, where he right. makes me uncomfortable about the game I love. Stop it, Evan. Evan, Am Almighty, I wrong? Evan Almighty is at 830. I'm still in the studio. Damn it, stop Am, it. Am I wrong? You have to kiss <sighs> enough to wear a ring. I'm not going to go there. I'm not no, going to touch that. I'm not going to touch that. Like any great marriage, you know? Yeah. yeah. But this is going to be spicy on Sunday. This is going to be spicy. I couldn't believe this when I looked this up, Ev. The Jets have never beaten the Eagles. 
What do you mean? They've never. 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 They've in the never, history of their franchise? In the history never of their franchise, them, they've never How beaten the Eagles. How is that possible in 2023? I don't it's know. Never they've happened. never beaten the Eagles. It's never You happened. both are confirming this. So Confirmed. So the Eagles um, would join the 19— Oh, hold on. Where is it right here? All right, we can't really put everybody in hold, though. I don't I'm think. sorry. All right, have, holds. Do we have holds music? Have, they have literally we never played holds. We do need to have, like, the elevator, like the elevator music. music. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, Javante, do you have hold music hold ready? Hold music. <laughs> yeah. La, la, la. Okay, the New York Jets have never beaten the Philadelphia Eagles. The two teams have met 12 times in their history. The first time came in 1973, and the Eagles have come out victorious each time. They have quite literally never beaten them. We will it's get a back damn to shame. you. We will no, get... That's got to be so embarrassing. You've they, never beaten the a franchise. At literally never lose to the Jets. Please wait on hold. You will get back to unsportsmanlike within moments. Press zero <laughs> if you'd like to speak to an operator. This is ESPN Radio. Unsportsmanlike from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern. How can I help you? What is hi, happening? this is Unsportsmanlike. What? How can I help you? What is happening yeah, right hi. now? I'd like to know if the Jets have ever beaten the Eagles. Actually, no, they haven't. It's is never it, happened. It's there, quite literally is never happened. Is there any happened. other matchup in the NFL where a team has never beaten another team? Like ever? Winless historically against another team? Actually, I think so. Hang on. We are, again? I will find it. <laughs> she's putting us Yeah, she's got it. Yeah. Right, you are I now back on hold here on Unsportsmanlike on ESPN It might take Radio. me a minute, but I know Presented I have that Presented by Progressive number. Insurance. Yeah, the only other, I mean, there's the the Texans are involved in that one, but that's a that's relatively new-ish. new franchise. Yeah. So no, not any of the uh, original AFL, NFL teams, no. If you'd like to speak to an operator, press zero. <laughs> no. If you'd like customer service, press one. But here's the thing. Yeah. The Texans? <laughs> The Eagles have beaten them six times. <laughs> That's the next. So the Eagles times. are undefeated against two NFL they're teams. They're undefeated against the Jets, and they're undefeated against the Texans. That the may only, be the only, single greatest stat I've ever heard. Yeah, the only other one is Vikings, Texans. The Vikings have beat the Texans five, five, five times. Again, but yeah, short, small sample size. Small sample size. But yeah, they're undefeated against two NFL franchises. Yeah. That is unbelievable. Yeah. That is an, like we've heard winning streaks. Like the, the Chiefs have won, what, Six, 12, to, 12 games in a row, 16 games in a row, something like that against the Broncos. Yeah, 16, 16. 16. Yeah. I had no idea that the Eagles were undefeated mm-hmm. against the Jets. Well, and it ain't, like, it ain't, it, it ain't like they're playing them a bunch of times, but though. Still. NFC, AFC. I mean, if they played them 12 times. So, I mean, it's still, you know, relatively speaking. Are you back on the hold there, Smalls? No, we're still she, on hold. She, oh, she's, she's still on hold. She's still on hold. She's still on hold. The Jets are going to be so on hold numbers. for a win over the Eagles after this weekend, too. Just putting that out there. It's Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle.